0: Has been good, hadn't he? Would you open your precious Bible this morning to the Book of Genesis? We've been started. We've started um, just a little series on the life of Joseph, and uh, it's the way the Lord's led for me to just go for me to get some help. The life of Joseph—what a life! And uh, we've preached, I think, two messages, and Lord willing, this will be the third. And we're going to look in Genesis chapter 39, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1, chapter 39 of the book of Genesis. Uh, Let me just say, as we look here at the life of Joseph, and we'll share more of it in detail this morning, uh, as I look and as I read this event, this story, uh, a true event of this man's life, uh, you can't help but look through it, read through and look at his life and realize that you can clearly see God's leading and guiding in this man's life. Now, it's not a way that Joseph would have liked to have been led. All of the details that is in Joseph's life is not certainly something that he chose. Uh, But yet, there's no doubt as you read this event, this story, as you see Joseph's life unfold, and we see that there's a happy ending. (laughs) I'm glad there is a happy ending when it comes to the life of Joseph. But in the middle of all this, it didn't look like there was going to be any happy ending. And uh, as I say that, I look as we look and study the life of Joseph and we see that God clearly was leading and guiding Joseph's life. I want to make an application. I can clearly look back through my life and also realize that God has led me. God has guided me. God has guided you. God has led you. He's allowed things into your life for a purpose. They might not be things that you like. They might not be things that you understand. But God has allowed all of these things in our lives. Because he has a desire to bring us to him. That would be the goal of life. uh, Is to be brought unto him. to, To know him. And to know him better. The God of heaven. And so as we look at this and view the life of Joseph, I want to just focus in on uh, one particular phrase that we will find throughout this scripture. Look in verse number 1 of Genesis chapter 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with... Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house. And over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house, notice this, for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master was not what is with me in the house. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And was fled forth that she called unto the men of the house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to those words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him, put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us this morning again, do what no man can do. Speak to our hearts and help us. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Now, this is a story that, you know, if you know the word of God, you know the life of Joseph and we're going to look at this just a moment ago. But we know that Joseph's a young man, good man. He was loved by his father. His mother had died. He had brothers. The brothers were jealous of him. And so we know we've we've come to this point. His brothers sold him into slavery. That's why he's here in Potiphar's house. So we see a young man that was loved by his father, loved to be home. Now his brothers hated him, sold him into slavery. Now we find him down here in Egypt. He's been put into the house of Potiphar. And he starts to be blessed there. He was a very good man. He was an honest man. And so Potiphar, seen how good of a man he was, so he put him over all, everything that he had. He, he had complete confidence in Joseph, put him over everything. And then we know that the wife lied about Joseph. And of course, we realize now one thing from another, from bad to worse. Now Joseph's not only been sold into slavery in an unknown place, now he's put in prison because someone lied about him. Now you tell me, how would you feel about all that? That doesn't seem fair, does it? And I'm sure as Joseph's sitting there in this prison now, looking back over his life, I'm sure that he's sitting there thinking, why me? (laughs) Why me? What have I done to deserve this? To be honest, he didn't do anything to deserve it. God was working. And this is where I don't understand. I don't understand all of this, and I know you don't understand all of this. But we know that God, no matter what these brothers meant unto evil, God meant it unto good. I don't understand it all. And I know that Joseph did not understand this all in the moment of his trial, in the moment of his trouble, in the moment of his uncertainty. He didn't understand it all. But God was not affected by Joseph's thoughts at all. God had a plan. And really, not only did God have a plan for Joseph, it was much larger than Joseph. Keep in mind, God was in the process... Now stay with me. God had a bigger plan than just Joseph. God was in the process of building a great nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, think about it, of all places, God did this work in the land of Egypt through the life of Joseph. If those brothers would have never sold him into slavery then we understand that God had a plan to work a great nation in the nation of Israel and He wanted to do it in the nation and the greatest empire of the then known world, Egypt. They would have never been in Egypt if those boys would have never sold their brother into slavery. I want you to think about this. God was doing a work. God is always doing a work. And one of my favorite hymn writers, it looks like his name would be pronounced William Cowper. His name is William Cooper, but it's spelled C-O-W-P-E-R. There is a fountain. He, he wrote that song. He was a man that struggled with depression. He struggled with a lot of mental struggle. And he wrote some really good hymns. And I found this hymn and I wanted to read it because really the famous hymn of this Mr. William Cooper really describes how God moves. How God works. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea. And rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill. He treasures up his bright designs. And works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints. Fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread. Are big with mercy. And shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err, and scan His work in vain. God His own interpreter her. And he will make it plain. You know, there is a specific statement that I can't get past here in this passage. And it's it's emphasized over and over and over again in this passage of scripture. In chapter 39. Look at verse 3 with me. Verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord. With, with Joseph. Notice verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Then I want you to notice in verse number 5. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The Lord was with him. Then I want you to turn with me uh, to verse 21. Of this same chapter. Notice what the Bible said in verse 21. As I close there in our reading. But the Lord was with Joseph. That's what I want to preach on this morning. What I want to speak about this morning. The word of God says. Again and again and again. That the Lord was with Joseph. You may think. Among the six billion people. On this planet. That's how many is in the world today. Over six billion people people i want you to think about this a minute you might think in your life your own personal life what am i among so many what is my life in in the midst of six billion people on this planet do i really matter does god of heaven really know me i want you to know by this little statement that god continued to reiterate in this passage that the lord was with him i want you to know this morning we know that if we're a child of God, the Lord is with us. God is with you no matter where you may be. God is with you no matter what you're encountering in life. We see that in the life of Joseph. Think about it. The Lord is with you. Now I don't know about you this morning, but that little phrase has helped me. As I've read and looked at this passage, scripture, as I'm just studying the life of Joseph, I could not get, get past any further than that little phrase that God wanted to continue to emphasize. And the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. And as I read that passage, it was like the Holy Spirit of God was saying to me, Mark, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if I was with him, I want you to know this morning, and no matter where you are, and what you're dealing with, the Lord is with me. And the Lord is with you. And I want to look at the life of Joseph in this little passage of Scripture that I hope will be very helpful. It's been very helpful to me. Again, I appreciate you being here. You're the audience. But I want you to know I'm not preaching to you this morning. You're just simply here as the Lord is trying to help me. And I know that if the Lord can help me. The Lord can help you. I just want you to notice these few little thoughts Number one, the Lord was with Joseph in his hour of loneliness. Now, I don't think there's anyone in this building this morning that does not know what it means to be lonely. All of us have dealt with loneliness. In the hour of Joseph's loneliness, the Bible very clearly says here, the Lord was with him. Joseph was sent by his father to go check on his brothers as they were out with the flocks. Can you imagine? He wanted to find out how his brothers were doing. He desired for them, he desired for his brothers to love him. That's all he wanted. He loved his brothers. But he knew that there was a disconnect between him and his brothers. So when his father sent him out to the field to check on his brothers, he went out there, no doubt, with no thought in mind, Of what was getting ready to happen. When Joseph came to his brethren. The Bible said they thought evil against him. They thought evil against him. Not only did they think evil against him. Here's what the Bible tells us. And we're going to read it in a minute. His brothers. His own flesh and blood. Wanted to kill him. Do you understand that? Now I don't know about you. But God stopped them through the life of Judah. And of course, we know what happened. Instead of killing him, they put him in a pit. Then these Israelites came by, these merchant men. And they said, hey, let's not kill him, but let's get rid of him. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure at that moment when Joseph realized that his brothers had those feelings towards him and they sold him like a piece of property, I will promise you this, there was no more of rejection felt by a human being in human history than Joseph. He felt rejected by the very people that he should have felt comfortable with, that he should have been loved by. So he was very lonely in this moment. And so we understand when they went on their way to Egypt, these merchant men sold him to a man by the name of Potiphar. But I want to just focus in a moment here as all of these things are transpiring in Joseph's life. Let's just read it. Let's just read it. Let's do a little bit of reading here. Genesis chapter 37. Let's go back to the event that took place where Joseph's brother done this evil towards him. Look at verse number um, 13. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? Now I would you to noticed this. The whole reason Joseph went, he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed thence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to slay him. Now, I want you to think about that a minute. Take that in. Hear this 17-year-old boy is going because he loves his brethren. He's going there to be a blessing to his brethren. And before he ever gets there, they are talking about him and conspiring how they can kill him. Verse 19, And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now therefore and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, And he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit. This is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then there were passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph unto Egypt. I want you to think about this. Now, how in the world could God allow? Such a thing to a seventeen-year-old boy. Have you ever thought about that? How could God allow this? How could God allow a thing like this to happen? A seventeen-year-old boy left the safety of his father's house. The the safety of his father's side home where everything was safe. And he left there thinking he was going to his brethren where it was safe. Just to check on his brothers. And they sold him into bondage. They put him in a pit. Look, here's my whole thought and process of reading that. Can you imagine how Joseph, how lonely he felt? Could you imagine how rejected he felt? Could you imagine how he thought while he was in that pit? All the memories that came flooding back to his heart and his mind. And no doubt, when we're in a very strange place, what do we think of? We think of home. And I'm sure as he stood there in that pit, he thought of his home. I'm sure he thought of his father. I'm sure he thought of something that left him that wasn't so terrible feeling to him. Why? Because he was lonely. He had been rejected. You know what? I've learned something today. Many people in our world are lonely. Some people that are living in homes with families are still lonely. There are people that are working a job and there's people around him at that job, but they're still lonely. I want you to know that we believe that there are, there are lonely people. Just as Joseph was a lonely man, carried down into Egypt, away from his home, away from his homeland, away from his family. The Bible gives us this assurance. Even though in his greatest hour of loneliness, I'm thankful he was not alone. For the Bible said, said it over and over and over again. The Lord is with him. In our loneliness, in our hour of loneliness, I want you to know something. The Lord is with you. Just as the Lord was with Joseph, He promised that He would never leave us, nor forsake us. I cannot count the times that people have said to me, Pastor, it was when I felt all alone, It was when I felt all alone, when God became real to me. And I want you to know something. That is when God works. I want you to know, I'm thankful here this morning that if you're on the mountaintop of life, I'm thankful if you're skipping to your loo in in the flowery field of daisies this morning, I'm thankful if you're happy. I'm thankful if everything's bright. I'm thankful if everything's going good. God bless you. But I want to say to you this morning, if you're here and you put on a smile, but you still are struggling and you're in the middle of a storm, don't give up hope because there is where God really becomes real to you. When we get in those places of life, when all we can do is look up, we find out he's there. We find out that he's real. We find out when all we have is him. We find out really and truly he's all we need. You know that old hymn, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All, all I need. Most people have no idea what that means. You know why? Because we won't get down low enough to just see that he's all we need. We fight every storm in our life. We fight every circumstance in our life. We fought all of that. We say it's not fair. This isn't right. We think about ourselves more than we think about others. We think about ourselves more than we think about God's purpose. And what happens is we try to find some little place to lay in the middle of all of that and say, I'm okay. No, listen, God has allowed storms in your life to get a hold of your heart for you to examine your life. What does God want for you? God brings us through times of loneliness and allows us to get to a place where it seems like that there's no one else in the world that really cares. You ever been there? If you're ever going to get there, you're going to have to go through some great hurt and trouble and struggle. For instance, you know how Joseph got there. His brothers did this to him. Not enemies. His brothers. His own flesh and blood. The ones that should have protected him. The ones that should have loved him. The ones that should have had his best interest in mind. No, they were the ones that brought Joseph to a place of where he realized. I couldn't imagine that pit. Was he saying, does anybody care? I mean, I thought I would have been as safe, as safe to be coming and checking on my brothers today. Yet they're the ones that's put me in this pit. I'm in this pit. It's empty. I'm all alone. But yet in the middle of his loneliness, in his loneliest hours, we are thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ was with him. We realize how much he does care. Why? When we are lonely. When we are in a storm, we realize how much he cares. And we know that he is with us each step of the way. Can I say that the Lord was with him in his hour of loneliness? Can I say something else that I pulled out of this passage of scripture? I've been looking at it. The Lord was with Joseph in the hour of uncertainty. You know, if all of us knew the future, all of us could be very wealthy. You know that? If we knew the future, if we knew, you know... Certain things, we could put ourselves in a position to become very wealthy. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27 verse 1, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. One thing is certain, uncertainty. That's one thing that's certain, uncertainty. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what tomorrow will hold. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I don't know what the next hour will hold. You don't either. Life is full of uncertainty. Joseph lived through a time, to be honest, I want you, I want you to just put your life here, put your mind where Joseph. Can you imagine what could could you imagine the uncertainty of him like, sitting there in that pit, going, what is my brother's gonna do? Then to find out that his brothers are making a business transaction and selling him for 20 pieces of silver. And now he's been stripped from everything he knows. He's put in the hands of strangers that are treating him like a slave. He has no idea where they're going. He does not know these men. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever been in a place of uncertainty? Let's just make it practical. Um, You know, I'm from a little small town of Hinton. And when I went off to Bible college, Knoxville the city of Knoxville would have been like New York City to me. I came from a little town in West Virginia. We had one stoplight. And to be honest with you, they took that out for a while. There's really no need for that stoplight. It's a four-way stop. People can do that on their own. And just, you know, like we do here. You know, when you reach those three ways, you just yield to the person that gets there first. That probably could happen there. But, you know... uh, Didn't know much about big cities, and you know, I had to get a job, and so I found uh, 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 this place, downtown Knoxville. And I'll be honest with you, I thought, okay, I left an hour early to find it, and I still got lost. I missed my interview. I was so embarrassed. I said, I'll never get this job. I missed the interview. I was driving downtown Knoxville, and I knew I was in a bad place because I was the mission, all the homeless people down there said, this old boy's in the wrong place. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was so scared and uncertain because I said, I'm in a strange place. Where is Hinton, West Virginia? I wanted to know something that I was familiar with. And all through my life, I have gone through times and you've gone through times when you just wish that you could see a little bit of familiarity. God allows these uncertain things. Look, when he was traveling to Egypt with these strangers who treated him as a slave, he did not know what was going to happen to him. You know, life brings many hours of uncertainty. The Bible says here in Genesis chapter 39, verse one, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him off the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Now, this is an interesting statement, and I did a little bit of reading and studying on the life of Potiphar. I've really never done this before, but I got to looking at Potiphar, and here's a couple things. First of all, he's an interesting character. I found out a few things about him. Many were in the military in Egypt. Egypt was the most powerful empire of the then known world. But Potiphar was a different kind of a military man. Because as I started reading and looking at this, not only was he a soldier, the Bible said that he was a high-ranking officer. And not only a high-ranking officer in the Egyptian army, he was in an elite guard that only protected the Pharaoh. So there's a man that was a very distinguished man. He was a leader, so he had things in order. The Bible said he was a captain, so he had many under him. And I thought it interesting that Joseph was sold to a man by the name of Potiphar, which was a military man, which not only a military man, but a leader in the military, and not just a leader of the military. He was in the elite guard that protected Pharaoh, and so he was very close to Pharaoh. This was a very distinguished man. And here's what amazes me. I have this idea, now I don't know for certain, but I have this idea that Joseph was a little soft. He was the baby boy, the second to youngest boy. He was loved by his dad. His dad made him a special coat. All the brothers were jealous of him. And no doubt, the way I read, Jacob treated Joseph different than all of the others and probably was a little soft. And I will just go another step farther. Probably a little spoiled. Do y'all know any children like that? Amen. I know it's easy. We, we can see all the other spoiled children, but we don't see our own, right? But here's what I thought of. I thought, God does everything... In the smallest of details. As I read that man it popped out at me. I thought man. God was working in Joseph's life. In such a minute small way. That if we're not careful we'll miss little things that in life. Because God was preparing him in the hands of Potiphar. To become a great leader himself. In God's providence, and by the way, I believe in the providence of God. Joseph was sold as a slave to this man, Potiphar. You know how that helps me? Every detail in my life, there's a reason for it. Now, I want to confess to y'all this morning, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't. I'm sure if Joseph had his way, he would have much rather been sold to another kind of master. See, it didn't matter what Joseph thought. God had a plan. God had a work. So Joseph was sold as a slave to this man. He was a soldier. A real man among men. A fighting man. A brave man. A courageous man. He was probably a rough kind of man. Potiphar was rough, no doubt. I mean, he, he didn't have bedside manners. He probably wasn't the most kindest the way he spoke. He was used to dealing with men and leading men. And yet, God, in the providence of God's plan, sent this little, young, soft, probably spoiled boy to be a slave of none other than Potiphar, the captain of the elite guard in pharaoh's special service military now y'all just chew on that a while so the next time you think i just don't think god knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing see remember joseph had been in his father's side he was the favorite son of 12 boys He was treated very kindly. He was treated with with favor, and I'm sure that all changed when he met Potiphar. Here, a little Hebrew slave who came all the way from the land of Canaan down to the land of Egypt. One of the mightiest of the soldiers took Joseph to his house, and he went to Potiphar's house to slave. But here's what's a blessing. Could you imagine what Joseph was thinking? What in the world's going to happen here? Am I going to make this? What's this man going to do to me? Uncertainty, 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 uncertainty. He had no idea, but I want you all to know this. Take great pleasure in this. Even though in his time of uncertainty, the Lord was with him. And By the way, in your moments of uncertainty, when you just don't know how things are going to turn out, just keep this in mind. The Lord is with you. See, God never forsakes his own. Oh, we sometimes feel like he does, but he doesn't. He may have drifted from him. We may have drifted from him. We may even have come to a place where we are no longer responsive to the things of God. And by the way, people can sit right in church, hear a message week in, week out, and not, be, not really be responsive to what God's saying. Happens all the time. We get cold. We get unresponsive. I've heard that before, Pastor. Oh, I know what that's saying, Pastor. Let's see, here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the great power about this message. You can know everything that's being said today, and you can quote and read every verse that I've read. But if you don't do anything with the truth behind it, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. But there is a God in heaven who never forsakes us. I'm going to close. There are moments when we do not know what to do. There are moments that we do not know where to turn. There are moments and times and decisions that we don't know what to make. But remember, Joseph's life, in the middle of those moments, in the hour of uncertainty, your faith can be in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to close with this thought. Are you a child of God? You say, Pastor, what do you mean? What do you mean to be a child of God? Well, have you asked God to forgive your sin? And are you... Trusting in Christ Jesus as your personal Savior and in Christ alone. Have you trusted Christ as your personal Savior? Have you ever come to a place in your life that you realize that you're a sinner? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. And by the way, we don't have to be taught to sin. We know how to sin. We know how to do wrong. But see, God loves us even though while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's why He came, to save old sinners. How many of you old sinners saved by grace? Does that mean we're perfect? No, we're not perfect. But I want you to know something. I thank God. That's why Jesus came. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And I'm telling you right now, I was lost in my trespasses and sins. I knew I was not a child of God. But boy, I got under conviction in a church service just like this one day. And I realized I wasn't saved. I realized I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And man, I got under conviction. And so my mother, I'm glad I was raised in a Christian home. And my mother led me to Christ. And I asked Jesus Christ to save me from my sin. And I put my faith in Christ, in Christ alone. And the Bible tells me, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not maybe, not might. Shall be saved. That's why Jesus Christ came to this earth. Because we're all sinners and we are guilty, but the one that was not guilty came to this earth, the very God of heaven, robed Himself in flesh, that the penalty of sin would be paid for by Jesus Christ. And when Christ died on that cross, and He hung on that cross, and He gave up His gave up His life, put in a borrowed tomb, and on that third day He raised from the dead. He defeated death hell and the grave and he gives us victory if you know him today do you know him the bible says when you when you ask christ to save you from your sin and you put your trust in him the bible says we become a child of god so let me ask this again this morning how many of y'all know you're a child of god you've trusted christ as your savior the bible says in genesis chapter 39 here and the lord was with joseph Not only was he with Joseph, it's very clear Potiphar knew there was something different about this man. Through everything that Joseph went through, here's the captivating thought this morning. The Lord was with him. If you are a child of God here this morning, the Lord is with you. No matter what you're going through. But if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Mark... I don't know for sure if I die, I would go to heaven. Listen to me. That is the most important question that you ever ponder on. You've only got one life will soon be passed. And God gives us peace knowing that salvation is in Christ. And you can know today that Jesus Christ is your Savior and you'll be on your way to heaven. And I trust this morning, if you're here and you do not know for sure if you're not saved, hey, you're in a good place. I'm going to ask you to come. We'll have someone take the Bible and they will show you from the Word of God how you can walk out of this building tonight knowing that you're saved. There is nothing like it. How many of you know that you're saved, say so there's nothing like it? Amen. So I'm asking ask you this morning, if you don't know Christ, trust him today. Don't delay, don't put it off. Life. Is too short. And life is full of uncertainty. Don't chance a second. Get it right today. When We stand to our feet this morning. And I'm going to ask. We've got some folks that are coming. And we'll give them opportunity. I know they're going to bring the children up. And I know we need to get Mr. Raylan up here. I'm sure they're heading up this way. We'll let them know. We'll bring all the children up. And while they're on their way up. We're going to give this invitation. And I know we have a couple that's planning on uh, joining the church. And so we're going to ask here in just a moment for them to come as well. But before we do all of that, let's just pause a minute. Let's ponder our hearts. Let's examine our life. Where are you at? Are you a child of God? If you're here this morning and you do not know for sure if Jesus Christ is your Savior, look, don't delay. With head bowed and eyes closed, can I just ask as we make ready for this, I'm going to ask our dear couple that's planning on joining to come right on up this way and here in the front row. While they're coming, I'm going to ask, would you be honest? You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here this morning and I know 100%. I'm not perfect, but I know that the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. I have trusted Him as my personal Savior and i know that he's my savior and i know that i'm a child of god by way of testimony would you just slip your hand up say that's me pastor i know for sure that's wonderful But can i ask this question this morning you say pastor mark i'm here this morning and i'm just going to be honest i don't know for sure if i die i am going to heaven would you please pray for me i'm concerned about it I promise you I will not embarrass you, but I will acknowledge your hand and I promise you this, I will pray for you. You say, Pastor, that's me. I don't know for sure if I die. I'm going to heaven. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up where I can see it? Is there anyone like that this morning? Anyone like that? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll take this word, use it in all of our hearts. We are thankful that you are with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. Help us in our times of loneliness and our hours of uncertainty. Help us to rely on this fact that we know that you never leave us. You're always with us. Thank you for that promise. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, was little Raylan, they done take him back? He's coming back. There we go. All right. You you may be seated. We're going to have these folks just stay standing. And uh, we, we're excited today. We have a double. Uh, and, and don't miss tonight. we got something more good coming on tonight. So, But this morning... <laughs> Uh, we are so thankful. This is the Morningstar family. They've not even had a good argument yet because they're still newlyweds. They've not been married long. How long have y'all been married? Three months. They're still on their honeymoon. And uh, man, we love these folks. And they started visiting our church a couple of months ago. And we've fallen in love with them. And we think they've fallen in love with us. And so they want to come and join our church. And we're very thankful for that. And I want all of you to get to know them. And this is, uh, do you like to be called Doug or Douglas? Doug. Doug. This is Doug and Alana Morningstar. Now, you'll not forget that name Morningstar. So, their names are going to be very easy to remember. Now, here's what's amazing a Yankee married a Southern girl. <laughs> He's from Pennsylvania, she's from North Carolina, but now they're Tennesseans, and all God's people it. And now they are a part of our church. So all of you that are excited about that, would you shout amen? amen. We're going to ask y'all to go to the back here in just a bit. And they're going to give you the right hand of fellowship. And uh, we're so thankful. And uh, they've been very wise in how they've made this decision. I've been very thankful. And I will tell you this. I always ask the question, but I never got to with Douglas. Uh, we, were, we took him out to eat one evening. We were talking about things and... and uh, he said, "No, you know, we're all about outreach. We're for serving the Lord. But he said, you know, here's my greatest concern. And I loved it. And I think this is a very great lesson for everybody to learn. He said, can we grow here? Can we grow here? Now, I've never accepted anyone into the church unless I asked that question. But he's the first one that beat me to it. <laughs> and we had a couple people in our church. I said, well, I think best instead of asking me that, why don't you ask them that? And so the couples that was with us there talked to them about it. But I think that's a great lesson. I hope and pray if you're here, you're growing. Because I'm going to say this. Preaching is powerful. Everybody's personality is different. But there is a perfect church for you. And God knows where that church is. But I can promise you this. No one should be coming to a church just because that's where my grandpa is, my grandma is. You ought to be able to be in a church that you are growing as a Christian and you know what I would not take offense if they told me pastor we love y'all we love the church I just don't feel like I can grow under your ministry or grow under my preaching I wouldn't take that personal at all I would be thankful they want to go somewhere where they can grow because that's what it's about right growing as a Christian and so I appreciate that and so they're going to go to the back here in a little bit y'all make sure you give them the right hand fellowship all right Mr. Raylan would you stand Mr. Raylan is seven years old He got saved at school. A friend of his at school led him to the Lord. And he asked Jesus to save him. And he came into my office the other day. He's been talking to his family. He wants to get baptized. And so we talked about it. And he said, I want to get baptized. And so he understands what baptism is. And so he's going to follow the Lord in baptism. Mr. Raylan, do you know that Jesus Christ uh, died to save you? And you trusted him as your personal Savior. That's great. And you want to follow him in believer's baptism. That's wonderful. All right. We'll get him ready. And listen, just hang with us. We're still, we don't don't have long. We'll do this fast. And uh, I get to cheat. I put waiters on, so I don't have to take a lot of time. He's going to get dressed fast. If you'll hang tight, we'll have a song. And uh, anything else? We're good to go. How many of you glad to be here this morning? How many of you glad that you're saved? And you know what? Here's something about being saved. Can't do a thing about it. Once you're in, you're saved forever. I'm thankful for that. And so again, thank you, Morning Stars. Y'all have been a great blessing to us. And I'm honored that this young couple wants to join with us a bunch of crazy people. Would y'all agree? So Y'all just going to be crazy like us. And something else about Douglas that is, needs to be noted. He likes to hunt fish. Isn't that a blessing? And I'm going to say this. He knows enough about fishing. When most people walk in my office, they look up there at that fish on my wall. And they say, oh, that's a nice fish. He said, wow, what a nice smallmouth bass. I said, he knows what he's talking about. Let's get you
1: books. Turn to page number 596. 596. Let's sing Victory in Jesus. Page 596. an old, old story how a Savior came from glory how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning of his precious blood atoning then I repented of my sin won the victory again and cause the blood to see and then a cry built for me in glory and I heard a bell
0: There's no saving power in this water. This is simply after someone trusts Christ as their Savior, they obey the Lord in baptism. And what happens is we're telling the world that we're identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's even a picture in baptism. See, Raylan is standing in this water and he's actually shivering a little bit. And the water is crossing his body like the cross crossed Jesus' body. In a second, I'm going to lower him in the water like Jesus Christ was put in a tomb. And then I'm going to raise him up out of that water like the Lord Jesus Christ came out of the grave. Amen? Amen. Such a beautiful picture. And this is Mr. Raylan Morrison. And we love him. He's grown up in this church. And uh, we love him. But Raylan, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. Buried with Christ in baptism. And raised to walk in newness of life. What do you say? Amen. 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 <laughs> Alright, we'll let him get up there with a the towel. And get up there with mama. And so it has been done. As the Lord Jesus Christ has clearly commanded. And all God's people said. Amen. Morning stars. Would you all go to the back. Make sure you let them know. We have visitors here today. Please get to know them. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I'm going to ask Brother Lofty, would you lift your voice and close us in prayer? Father, we thank you for this time of coming together in worship this morning. Uh, we thank you for this young man that has followed in Believer's baptism. And we pray that you'll bless him and uh, continue to minister in his life. And as we go our separate ways today, we pray that you'll bless those that we meet along the way. Uh, help us to bless others, uh, share
1: the gospel, and we love you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.